and welcome to the Ripples in Space podcast. I'm John Davis. And I'm Kate Reagan. Yeah, episode 22. That's crazy. 22. Mm-hmm. It's not really 22, it's actually more, because something it's weird Closer happened. to, like, almost 30 now. Yeah. I guess, if you're combining all of our unending tales from the void, so we've been at this for a little while now. I'm thinking of dropping the little episode 22 whatever and just putting the titles of the stories because i'm pretty sure most of the podcast servers add their own episode numbers anyway and it's making it confusing i'm confused so if you're a confused listener i apologize and maybe at 25 i'll stop them that's that seems like a nice even well i guess it's not an even number but it seems like a nice <laughs> divisible by five number it's it's a good milestone number. There we go. Yeah, twenty five. So quarter of a century. Thank you for joining us. Today we have a story from uh, Eric McLaughlin. As normal, I will introduce Eric, and then Kate will read the story, and then we'll talk about it. So here we go. See you on the other side. Eric McLaughlin currently lives in Nashua, New Hampshire, with a beautiful wife and an even more beautiful baby girl of one year and a dog. He has been focusing on writing as a craft for about five years now. He has self-published two novels, and two of his short stories have been accepted for publication with Dodging the Rain and Night Picnic Press. Functional by Eric McLaughlin I remember very little of what the machines would prefer I call my trial. It resembled no such thing to me. I was brought before a judge of sorts. It towered above me as I knelt. Its eyes were red and glowed with overwhelming ferocity. Its black joints were welded. Its hands and feet were shaped into claws, with which to conceivably do me harm. It is as if they haven't read our history, still believing fear to be the great motivator. I was allowed no counsel as such, No one to come to my defense, no witnesses or corroborating testimony. I could depose no one. I could ask no questions. I knelt before a metal devil while it beeped and hummed and clicked its way into rendering the rest of my organic life either functional or obsolete. Functional, it reported, like the stripping of tinfoil gears. Energy. Impassioned speeches only work on juries full of organic life forms that have felt passion, that have felt. Speeches only work on juries occupied. The floor beneath me swept my kneeling body into some kind of vehicle. I was being transported. The space I was within was like a tuna can, cylindrical and, of course, metallic. I fell asleep at some point. I was provided with a pristine, empty metal basin, which I assumed was for my waist. Once deposited, it was removed again. I coughed, and the sound bounced harshly back to my ears. I was provided with sustenance. One potato, one filet of plain chicken breast, one broccoli floret. It was plain, but I fell on it with a savagery I didn't know I possessed. I licked the grease from my fingers almost sexually and licked the crumbs from the floor which tasted like metal. 
this pattern was unbroken for three sleep cycles. There was no way to discern time, and so I didn't attempt to. I was dumped onto yet another metal floor, this room square, polished to mirror shine. A hole in the floor in one corner was for waste. Food was brought up out of the center of the floor via a cylinder that, when sunken, displayed no outline as to where it had risen from. The mirrors showed an infinite number of me. It showed this at all times, never fluctuating, never adjusting or changing in any way. I assure you that one would go quite mad in a plain room with no furnishings or adornments. I assure you as well, I went quite mad in my room of infinite me, but a madness, and this is a presumption of course, of a different kind entirely. I stared at myself until I became a scary, monstrous thing, my eyes hardened by the abuses of my oppressors my skin leathered from days in the harsh sun, scarred as punishment, my hair shorn as was customary upon capture, my teeth blackened and loose. I was wild and feral, and in spirit, if not in body, uncageable. Before long, I lost that sense, and it was replaced with another, far more pitiful. I was softening, I was sloughing away into my own waist hole. My skin hung loosely, my hair grown back in patches. I would throw away a fallen tooth, and would watch as an infinite number of my teeth dropped into the oblivion of an infinite number of bottomless metal holes. My eyes were thick and heavy and sad. I cried often and hard. Nothing was given to dry my tears. I was naked and cold and hungry and sick and utterly alone. After that, I lost interest entirely. Some part of me felt fear at that notion, but it was a small part, tucked away and buried beneath layer upon layer of carefully cultivated apathy. It was only then I was let out. An entire mirror wall simply slid up and away. I sat for a long time, staring at the space it had once occupied. Beyond it was more metal, of course, so much metal, but it wasn't the same metal, the same mirror-polished metal that I had stared at and stared at as it reflected back to me an infinite number of myself that I did not recognize. Eventually, I stood and inched toward the new space. A temperature change. Minor, but after so long in one climate, it felt like a harsh frigidity on my nakedness. I found myself in a long hallway. I saw no lights on the walls or ceiling, and yet there was light. At the end of the hallway was a metal door. After an inordinate amount of time, I slept once before reaching it. I was at the door, which was unremarkable, and then through. In the very center of this, another room of perfect mirror-polished metal, another metal devil. Two rectangular openings in the mirror across from me on each side of the wall. The metal devil spoke. Right, 
work, left, die. I contemplated this for quite some time. The machine didn't seem to care how long I took to decide, only that I eventually did. This, as far as a version of me that had ever seen the sun was concerned, was hell. To work for the machines, naked and impotent, to serve their purpose in perpetuity, was the exact antithesis to everything I had worked my entire life for. And yet, the only other option was death. Admittedly, this option wasn't as unappealing as one would think. An unknowable amount of time watching yourself decay a million times over would do that to anyone. It is why the machines use it as a tactic. At the end, it was like I felt myself refracted and reflected that many times, could literally feel the microscopic slices against my skin while staring at each smaller version of myself, cut from the larger me before it. Death was not so terrible an option then. I went right. There was another metal room, at the center of which was a wheel with pegs, like a great metallic helm flipped on its axis. Push. So I pushed. It was surprisingly easy to turn. I learned, after so long pushing, I was fed. One potato, one chicken breast, one broccoli floret. After pushing a little harder, I was afforded a shower. It was cold, but it was wet and miraculous after living in my own filth. If I pushed harder, I was given treats. More food. Food variety. Drink variety. More drink. I was given simple clothing. I was given a rubber ball. I was given a pen and paper. I was given a bed. I was given pills that made me feel strong and happy. I was given a pillow, I was given a blanket, I was given a basketball and hoop, and the roof of my metallic room was lifted to accommodate an arcing jump shot. I was given toilet paper, I was given toothbrush and paste, I was given more pills. If I pushed less hard, these things were taken away from me in succession. I never lessened up enough to lose those pills. I was allowed to stop to eat, to make waste, and to sleep. I was allowed to stop twice more for an activity of my choosing. Short of that, I was pushing. I don't know how long I've been doing this. The pills are very effective, but I have stopped taking them. I looked down at my hands recently and found that I didn't recognize them. The wrinkles are someone else's wrinkles. The veins are not my own. The knuckles and joints askew with arthritis belonging to another. The face that looks back at me in the mirror-polished wall of my room is not my own. It is old and tired and strangely, horrifyingly, at peace. It is that truth that will take me through the left door today that I have found peace in simple toil for a higher being. I fought my entire youth to break us from the chains of the machines, and now find myself wasted, my life gone, 
my youth drained into the wheel and the pushing and the pills and all of it in the service to my greatest enemies. I can only hope the rest of mankind has long been defeated and any energy I created would go into something other than assuring their demise. But no. As I sit before the left door and write this final memoir, I see even now that someone has occupied the room with the waste hole and the food cylinder. Someone young and naked and scared. Someone stripped of their humanity. They will push the wheel, and they will take the pills. I can stomach it no longer. I definitely got a lot of Conan the Barbarian vibes, mainly because I remember it's still very visceral, the early scenes in the movie when he's pushing the the wheel around and he's doing that as a slave and he's like this manual creature and he's slowly like building up. But I guess this is the exact opposite where he's forced to do this manual task, but it's like tearing him apart. I was just really sad. It's such a horrible thing to think about. You know, you have so much youth and potential and to have it all just stripped away from you and the years just go away without you realizing it until you realize you're old and feeble and, like, you've done nothing with your life. I mean, it's not his fault. It's the robot's fault, but still. But it's it was sad. I was really depressed after reading it. Well, and he also reaches this point where, you know, at the beginning the the desire to live overruns the quality of the living and then True. he reaches the point where now it would he would be happier choosing the other option death rather than continuing that existence that that existence is so awful that is his only option so it's pretty uh from a psychological standpoint pretty awful as well good yeah. story but very good story. intense i guess i should say and in my mind, I keep thinking, it's like, well, if, if he's writing this final memoir, is he leaving it for the person who's already in the room with the waist hole and the mirrored walls for them to find so they can choose the death door over the you know the work door? Or do you think the rob- robots find it and dispose of it and it's just a horrible cycle that starts over again? Like, I don't know. I was thinking about it earlier today. and it's like, Yeah, hmm. who's the next person, the next meat yeah. for the grinder? And I love robot stories. Sucker for robot stories. So there's that. Well, thank you again, Eric, for sending us your tale. We enjoyed it, and we hope that our listeners enjoyed it too. Um, some exciting news. Uh, we have accepted 14 stories for publication. Woohoo! On ripplesinspace.com for the summer selection period. And, um, and roughly, when are we looking to have those published, Mr. Davis? Yes, the proofing process is occurring, proofing and formatting. And then, hopefully, depending on how fast that goes, within the next week, week and a half, those will be available for everyone's perusal. The entire world can ingest that fiction. 
All right. And if you do have a story that has been accepted and uh, you're looking forward to having it published, we are excited to publish it. But make sure that you let your families and friends know that we're out here in the universe so that they can come and read your story on our awesome website and uh, share it on the social media. Let them know that you are now a writer that has been published. We're so happy to share your story. Well, Unless, of course, I mean, we also have many writers who've been published in other things. So it's not like, a, oh, I'm now a writer who's been published. But again, you know, it's fun. Well, we, we still have a few first time yeah. have been published now. So it's another outlet. Yeah, you guys. It is another thing to add to the old, what's it called? List of accolades. The repertoire. The repertoire. Yes. Um, on that note, I feel like we're talking a lot, but there's just so much happening. It's so exciting. Um. <laughs> the fall 2019 submission period has opened. So if you write flash fiction, or, well, not even flash fiction, science fiction, um, you should send it to us. And I am interested, I do want to start incorporating fantasy. I believe fantasy is now being asked for with our podcast submissions. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if we should do fantasy with the science fiction or if we should do fantasy and its own separate thing. So I'll have to think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we can combine it the, this next uh, submission period. And if we get enough, we maybe we can separate them for the following after that. Well, experimental. Yeah. Thank you to everyone who submitted to the science fiction versus fantasy writing contest. That has closed at the end of September. We are currently going through those and judging them. It is a blind judging process. So even we don't know what we're reading until we're done uh, evaluating it. So thank you again and stay tuned for updates on that. And as always, uh, be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You can go to our website, all that good stuff. It's fun to have you guys out there communicating with us and we like to communicate with you so thank you so much absolutely and if you have any questions that you'd like to ask us or if you just have a fun comment or an idea you ever want to share drop us uh, um, like a comment or a message on facebook we'll we'll be monitoring that and you can answer uh, and we'll answer or you can uh, tag us on twitter we're out there and we love to talk to you guys cool well uh, until next week from all of us here at ripples in space Cheers from the void. Bye, everyone.